How do we develop food identity? And how do we value it, edit it, and know what is true? And when we are immigrants and the children of immigrants, how can we distinguish between original versions of identity and in evolved versions? We discuss these questions about Italian Americans. It's on tip of the tongue. Tip of the Tongue, a podcast on the Nitty Grits Network, where we explore the intersection of food and drink and museums. This is Liz Williams. We're here today with Crystal Trotter, Italian and American. She is the creator and founder of Accento, a website about defining Italian culture. Welcome, Crystal. Hi, thanks for having me. So you know that this is a podcast primarily focused on food in one way or another. And I wanted to ask you a question about growing up. You were growing up on a military installation for some of your childhood. And so you were around kind of this hyper American thing that was there. Uh, how aware were you of the importance of food growing up and as part of your identity? Oh, that's a good question. I've actually never thought about the food I've eaten while we were on the military base. Um, <laughs> I've never actually thought about it until now. So uh, here goes. I mean, I there's a lot of junk food I remember. And um, I do, when I think about the food I ate when I was little and before kind of living in Italy, there's a lot of pizza, Pizza Hut, Domino's, you know, I loved it all. I mean, I don't, I can't, I can't imagine a kid yeah, who, you know, who, growing who up. Love it. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, um, and, uh, I, I wasn't a picky eater either, so I enjoyed everything. And so there's a lot of, you know, junk food. I, I can hardly remember when my mom would cook, but you know, I was, six years old, seven years old. But I do remember, and it, it's kind of ties to the language that, you know, I'd speak English. Of course, I could understand Italian because my mom would speak to me in Italian. And I remember my mom was so proud of this that once I wanted pasta, and I think it was probably the first word I said because I wanted farfalle. And so I asked her <laughs> and I said, can I have farfalle? And I think, um, and she was very happy. That was a very proud mom moment. And so, yeah, so I, growing up, that's what I ate. I, I knew my mom would cook a lot of pasta for me. I probably wanted to eat pasta and bianco just with, just with butter. Remember butter and, and, and Parmesan. Mm -hmm. um, and then moving to Italy, it, it, it completely changed. I mean, there's no junk food at all, all of a sudden. But again, I wasn't a picky eater. Um, so in Friuli, I remember we would eat, I'd eat pasta. My favorite food was lasagna and uh, musetto. I loved musetto so much. Um, so it's very, it's very Nordic food. Uh -huh. And yeah, I mean, my grandmother would cook, everything was home cooked. If we went out to eat, it was for a pizza 
um because that and that wasn't considered junk food you know pizza was like a nice dinner at the restaurant with friends uh -huh. and family whatnot and you ate it with a knife and fork yep knife yeah and fork mm -hmm. yep and it's interesting because thinking about the two the differences it was just like a seamless transition I mean, it wasn't rocky at all. It was just, I, I guess I, I felt that it was part of me and, and it was, part, I knew it was part of my mom's culture. So I just embraced it and it became mine. And so I grew up in Italy and then I, you know, I transitioned from this some very American food that was on base kind of into this everyday Italian food in, in Friuli. And so was the transition to speaking Italian um, a lot very difficult? Well, I, I could understand it. And so at eight years old, when I went to, I was in elementary school and, you know, they just, you know, kind of like threw me in the water and see if oh, I could you swim. Were so you were a kid. So. I was a kid. So I remember there was kind of a little bit of difficulty in the beginning because in, 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 in school, uh, you just kind of have to, you're learning. So, um, and I've never had someone talk to me like the way a teacher's talking to you in Italian. And um, we'd had to write a lot and I didn't know how to write in Italian. So I, I understood everything, but then speaking it and then writing in Italian was just a whole nother story. But um, after a year I was fine, mm -hmm. but yeah, it was, it was, there was a little bit rocky in the beginning. I think yeah. when you're eight, your brain is elastic enough mm -hmm. that you, you know, it, 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 it's going to be rough at the very beginning. And then you just kind of go with it after you get mm -hmm. the hang of it. Yeah. I, my children went to a French immersion school and they were in kindergarten and all of a sudden everyone was speaking to them just in French. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that for about three or four weeks, they were in different classes. One, you know, one was two years older than the other one. So they followed each other. Mm -hmm. But the first one, Eric, he probably went four, five weeks with like confusion and whatever. And right. then somehow or other, it just it clicks. It clicks. Yeah. <laughs> and he was fine. My second son, Mark, had more difficulty not with the language, but with the way teachers were, the French teachers were, the teachers were from France. Mm -hmm. And so he didn't fare well with that <laughs> uh, because they weren't quite as, let's say, supportive mm -hmm. as uh, American teachers were. Now, he'd never had an American teacher, so it's not as though he had one and then everything changed. But you know, it was okay for them to say, you're stupid and mm. you, yeah. you know, you're crummy and all that sort of thing. And he, he didn't do well with that. So, but yeah, that's, you know, that was cultural. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So having then grown up in Italy after you left the um, army, arm, is army? Was it army? Uh, it was army. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When you left the army base, um, did you feel that what you ate was more part of your identity than when you were young? I mean, I realize age makes a difference in this than you mature and you can think about things in a different way, but did, did food become part of your identity? It did. 
It did actually. And um, like I said, it was a, somewhat a seamless transition. And I do think that at a young age, I was kind of, I was forming my Italian side. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I embraced everything that was in Italian and actually my personality also changed. I think that um, I was very, I was an extrovert. It's like my American side was very, I was an extrovert. I would like to be at the center of attention and everything. And, and then when I went to Italy, it just, it just went the complete opposite. And so, yeah, I did form my identity. And when I speak in Italian, um, my mannerisms different. Um, but I do think that's a cultural thing as well. I kind of associate it with, uh, Italian culture. Whereas when I speak in English, yeah, all of my references also in food, it's, it's American. Uh -huh. So yeah, it is part of my identity. And I think that now at 37, I'm trying to kind of merge the two or see what happens when I kind of embrace both of them at the same time. Um, and I'm still figuring that out. So did you find that you started to lose your English when you were living in Italy? Well, I think so. I don't have an accent. So that's, that's interesting. I, <laughs> um, when I speak English, but I definitely... Uh, lost or didn't actually gain my vocabulary because, you know, if I stopped speaking in English at eight, you know, I, I don't know what English looks like at 20. Uh -huh. um, and so my dad was the only American person I was speaking to, and he was the only American I knew uh, uh -huh. growing up. Uh -huh. And, um, and so I spoke to him um, and so I, I guess I did lose it. I mean, I talked to my dad about music, but you know, we didn't talk about a lot of other things. So, um, I, I kind of, yeah, I didn't gain, I don't think I lost anything really. I didn't, I didn't gain my English. I didn't, I didn't, it didn't evolve into, you know, in my coming of age, I didn't have that. So it didn't evolve into anything. It just stopped at hamsters and crayons and, and stuff like that. <laughs> Yeah. Jump rope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So now that you think about what is, um, what is Italian culture and, and you and I have talked about some of these things sort of not on this podcast, but, um, what is it that you think of in terms of food and the Italian culture? And I'm talking about the culture of Italy. I'm not talking about Italian-American culture because that's a totally different thing. Mm -hmm. So what what do you think in terms of food in Italy? Mm -hmm. Contempor contemporaneously, not, you know, not like this is historically important or something like that. I mean, I never really thought about it. I mean, it's like, it was just, it was just normal. And so everything I ate was just normal. I, I never thought of it as, you know, um, when my, when we'd eat things, it was like, a, you know, if we went to the restaurant or if we cooked at home, uh, it was just a delicious meal at home with the family. And we just enjoyed it just like that, right? It wasn't like this exceptionally delicious meal, <laughs> uh -huh. something that you hear people like foreigners, maybe when they go to Italy and it's like, everything's so delicious. It was just, it was good food yeah. and it was normal. So I think that um, uh, it, it kind of, I don't know. I don't know what the right word would be, but um, let it me sounds, see if I can. 
no, I, I want you to say what you think, but it sounds as though what you're telling me is you simply took it for granted that the food mm-hmm. was good and that, yes. that was what that was what you thought that this is this is normal. The food is yes. always good. And definitely uh, took it for granted, yes. <laughs> and so did you have a sense of that the food was coming from your geographic area or did you and have that be part of, you know, this is what we eat here? Or did you have a, a, a more sort of sense of just this is this is the way my family eats as opposed to being part of the greater community? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, um, I, you know, I didn't travel a lot in Italy. I mean, I, I so when we ate, I knew that that was something weird in Friuli, but I didn't really think of what every, you know, the other people in other regions ate. I never thought about it. And so, but I do remember when I went to Florence and I wasn't as curious as I am now. I just took it for granted, you mm-hmm. know? And so I didn't ask myself the questions I'm asking myself now that I don't live in Italy anymore. So like when I went to Florence and they have this bread that doesn't have any salt in it, mm-hmm. um, that was that was curious. I was like, oh, this is really interesting, you know? And I thought, well, the bread I have in Udin is better, you know? <laughs> so I didn't, <laughs> so I knew... I did have a sense because when you when you live in regions, the regional identity is very strong. You don't really have to travel to understand that. Like, you know, that if you went to in Lombardia or you went somewhere else, that is completely different culture. Not, it's not completely different, but there are different traditions, different types of food, cotoleta and things like that, for example. But yeah, so I did I did know that that was the regional food of Italy and that was it that was it it was just an under it was an understanding that no one really teaches you I just knew it sure um but I but at the same time I wasn't curious about typical regional foods of other regions but but I did know that if I went to eat somewhere else it was going to be equally as delicious (laughs) it was just going to be different it's just going to be different yeah Mm -hmm. yeah so now that you're developing Acento and food is part of what you cover in Acento, how do you think that Italian food is part of the culture and how how important is it? In other words, the idea that you're just expressing where you're saying it's just ordinary that it's wonderful. Um, mm-hmm. Is that a, a kind of an overarching attitude in Italy that there's an expectation that it will be excellent, that it's important enough to be excellent? Mm-hmm. Yes, there is this expectation. And, you know, it gets to a point, I mean, I'm sure this happens in other countries, but it's fairly normal to hear someone say if they're from Italy and they live in Italy and there's this conversation of would you ever move abroad they'd rather stay in Italy even if they don't have opportunity let's say job opportunities or whatnot but they'd rather stay put and stay in Italy because the food's so good so I will tell you that people say that in New Orleans too oh they do (laughs) (laughs) there you go so I'm sure they say it you know but um in other places too but so there's this expectation it's so high where we take it for granted that when we leave the country it's just such a shock 
to taste something that's not as good or something that you're really, but you're used to that food, right? And I'm sure that the problem is that becomes the comparison. So you compare everything to what your grandmother cooked, right? Mm -hmm. And that's not really, um, that's not something that we should be doing. Uh -huh. <laughs> so once we leave, the expectations are though, I, I've realized that everything should taste Italian like in Italy, even if you go to Germany. Uh -huh. So I think that this, there's this, there's a sense um, we kind of lost the compass kind of in appreciating other cuisines and just real, it's like, if you go to Germany, like I said, bratwurst is delicious. Uh -huh. There's nothing wrong. And it, 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 we don't have to compare it to an Italian salsiccia, right? A sausage. There's no reason to do that. Just appreciate the other cuisine for what it is. Uh-huh. And yeah. I can imagine that the farther afield you get, the farther outside of Europe, that as the cuisine is even more different, mm -hmm. uh, that that becomes even more true because you have to appreciate what it is mm -hmm. because you're not, you're, you're just not going to have, <laughs> you know, any kind of Italian food, say, if you're in Israel or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. That that's got to, got to be hard. Um, it's interesting. My grandmother, of course, my grandmother grew up in Palermo. And so she came to America, came to New Orleans. And I think she appreciated the food of New Orleans because she knew that it was, people had the same attitude about food. They didn't cook the same food, but they had mm -hmm. the same sort of, this is important, put time into it, put thought into it, serve it with care, all of that. Mm -hmm. So she appreciated that. And she also appreciated the fact that, um, especially when she came in the early part of the 20th century, that there were many, many immigrants that she would meet who felt that way about their own food, you know, whether they were Polish or uh, whatever. And mm -hmm. so she was pretty appreciative of that. The thing that she had the most trouble with was Italian American food mm. <laughs> because it was like trying to be something, but it wasn't. And I think today, if Amer Italian Americans can claim this as not trying to be Italian, but it is something else, it is Italian American food then it can be excellent Italian-American food. It's mm -hmm, when you're mm -hmm. trying to think of it as Italian food that it just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I, I I I imagine it's a little bit complicated. You know, when I, in doing my research and trying to understand, you know, Italian-American culture, when they, you know, it, it it's a, I feel like what I'm sensing it's a thing it's a there's this acceptance there's this wanting to be accepted whether it be by the Italians in Italy um I feel like they're kind of Italian Americans are probably kind of in, in between and I, I don't know like they feel probably like between cultures in a way that they do, they don't want to lose their Italianness from Italy and somehow um but yeah, I do agree. I do think, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with Italian-American food. Um, and 
but I, I do un also understand the difference when someone's Italian American in an American context and they say they're Italian. Mm -hmm. I mean, I totally get it. Um, and they say, this is my, this is my Italian food because I guess um, there's no need to say the uh, Italian American, the American part, because they're, they're speaking as Italians in America. Um, but if they had to talk to an Italian from Italy, they'd probably specify Italian American sure. food or whatnot. So it's kind of like this dance. You need to understand the context of it all. But yeah, I, I do think that Italian American food, it could be absolutely delicious. I mean, why not? Right. I didn't think that in the beginning, but I do now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you have to have the expectation that and and allow it to be different not just compare it to Italian food and say it doesn't hit the mm -hmm. mark. Mm -hmm. so this is different. I think you can have the same kind of conversation about Mexican food mm -hmm. and Tex-Mex food mm -hmm. because Tex-Mex is basically its own thing. It maybe didn't start out being its own thing, but it's its own thing now. And so mm -hmm. you can have excellent Tex-Mex food, but it's not Mexican food. Mm -hmm. Mexican food is something else. And mm -hmm. it's not wannabe Mexican food. It's Tex-Mex food. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the way I think about Italian-American food. You can't think of it as wannabe Italian food. It's something different. Yeah, and, we have to set it free. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have to set it free. Yeah. But part of the mindset, in my opinion, is that so many people who are Italian-American especially the ones who've never been to Italy, think that what they're eating is Italian food mm -hmm. because it's just what they know. And mm -hmm. so they don't even try to set it free because they don't know that it's different. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and it's an interesting, I'm really curious to, to, to know more about this and learn more about Italian American culture, because speaking of setting it free i just wonder in the in, in the instance someone you know you set american italian american cuisine free do italian americans feel that they're going to lose something like this connection to italy and if so is there other work that has to be done to kind of regain that connection what does that look like i just feel like um there's always a sense of of, of losing something. Um, and so this in between maybe feels comfortable, yeah. you know, saying it's Italian, not really wanting to delve into the fact that it's not Italian, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good question. That feeling that you might be losing something if you just go ahead and accept that it's mm -hmm. different. Um, but it, it's only not only that doesn't only apply to food. I mean, I, we've also discussed before the whole idea of just attitudes about things that are frozen in another century, because mm -hmm. that's when perhaps your and not yours, but you know, in general, the general you. Um, mm -hmm. That's when your Italian relative came to America. And so whatever they thought then, whatever was the, the cultural norm in Italy that they brought over with them at that time, it might be 1915, it might be 1895, whatever yeah. it is, um, that 
attitude isn't necessarily and probably isn't the attitude in Italy today, but you have been brought up to think this is what is Italian in Mm -hmm. so many ways, not just food, but in um, morality and what's important and, you know, what's beautiful and just all of those things. Um, And so as that evolves in Italy, whatever category of thing we're talking about, it remains Italian because it's in Italy. But Mm -hmm. when it's stuck in not only America, it could be in Argentina Mm -hmm. or whatever, um, it's it's stuck. Mm -hmm. And we as descendants of those people often don't understand that it's stuck and that Mm -hmm. it's not what is necessarily Italian today. I mean, I noticed in Argentina, being there, I said, this place is so Italian. <laughs> I mean, they they talk, they they have gnocchi night and they have um they say ciao, you know, and, mm-hmm. and they do this, you know, they just really are I I went into a pasta shop on a corner in the neighbor in the neighborhood where I was staying, and the people were Chinese immigrants. And they were selling fresh pasta, but it was Italian pasta and it had little labels on it that said fettuccine and, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And uh, I just thought it was so hysterical. And I was saying to somebody that I thought it was curious that they spelled gnocchi N-Y-O-Q-U-I mm-hmm. and gnocchi and mm-hmm totally the way you would write it in Spanish mm-hmm. and pronounce it properly in Spanish. But in, in America, we just adopt the spelling of whatever country we still work. <laughs> <you know? laughs> we don't change the spelling very much. And so to me, the idea and chow, chow was C-H-A-O, chow. That's oh, how they spell it when they write it, mm-hmm. because that's the way you pronounce it. Mm-hmm. In, in Argentina. And so I'm looking at it and I'm saying it out loud. And I said, ah, that's Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, um, they, the, the, they don't even recognize any Italian connection because it's written in Spanish. Mm. And I think that's really interesting. That's something that in the U.S. I don't think we do. If it's German, we spell it in German. If it's, you know, you know, maybe not Japanese or something because the characters are different. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't adopt the Cyrillic alphabet to write a a Russian word or something, but we use the Russian word. Mm -hmm. And, and that is to me, what's kind of interesting um, that, and they, of course they're using Italian words, but they've, They've changed the spelling so that mm-hmm. it seems like a Spanish word. And mm-hmm. so when you say to them, but this is Italian, they say, no, it's not. It's Argentinian. Oh, really? <laughs> it's like they don't know it's Italian. Oh, my goodness. Unaware. Wow. That's really I was, interesting. I was in an Italian restaurant. Now, it was, it was an Italian restaurant. I've forgotten the name of it, but it was named after some mountain or something in Italy 
And um, so I was there and I was talking to the waiter and I was asking him about the spelling of the words and stuff. And he, he looked at me and he finally said, you know, this is an Argentinian <laughs> restaurant. And I said, well, you, you've named it after an Italian mountain. And <laughs> he didn't know it. <laughs> so I was like, okay, forget it. I'm not having this conversation. <laughs> I can That's make funny. another analogy, and that has to do with going. Uh, there was a restaurant where I ate in in San Francisco. This was thirty years ago. I don't sure the restaurant is gone now, and it was a New Orleans restaurant. And someone wanted me to go to this New Orleans restaurant, and I see the same problems with <laughs> New Orleans food, and I'm I, I'm sitting there, and I ordered gumbo. Mm-hmm. So the gumbo comes and this waiter brings me a bowl of what he calls file, which is filet. And he doesn't know what it is, obviously. And he says, you take your big spoon and you put a big spoonful of it <laughs> into your gumbo and you stir it around and then you eat it. And I'm thinking, oh my God, how would you do that? <laughs> And I just said, thank you very much. <laughs> but it was, I, I've, I had that same sense that I'm sure that Italians feel when they eat the food here in America, that it was just like, oh my God, what have you done? <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I recognize that feeling, even though it's it's in a different context. So I think that for you, it must be even more difficult because I am dealing with trying to come to grips with Italian American heritage Mm -hmm. as a person who's second generation Mm -hmm. and you are, you are not first generation. You're like primary. You were born, Mm -hmm. you grew up in Italy. Mm -hmm. So you're a primary Mm -hmm. person. And so it's, it's really different. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it was a it's a constant culture shock, but I feel like it's I I know how to deal with the the the, the impact now. I've gotten better. It was hard in the beginning. I I when I first moved here at 25, I here in North Carolina, I worked in an Italian restaurant cuz for the first year I was like, oh, it's going to be super easy just you know and the owner he was Italian he was from Naples and so we talked and and I was a waitress and everything was I just had I had to learn the menu and I didn't know anything and to I just I had so many questions but I also had to work like I just it's like it's your turn that's your table (laughs) like go yeah yeah yeah. but um so I was just hoping no one was going to ask me about the dishes because I didn't know but um and so to plate like we have our primo piatto and our secondo piatto and to have it all plated together was just I I couldn't I couldn't understand why and I didn't know that was Italian American um at the time I I I I didn't understand I just didn't understand and and so the best thing to do now is to study it and now I understand 
understand it better. But yeah, it was very hard in the beginning. And I, to be honest, I really don't go to Italian restaurants. I, yeah. I just, I don't because I, I think I have to get used to also the taste because if I go to Italian restaurant, it's someone I know, and then they cook Italian food from Italy. And so I'm familiar with it and, and I eat it, but I've never went to, I've tried in the beginning to go to Italian restaurant that, that turned out to be an Italian American restaurant. And I, and I'm, I'm absolutely, I'm sure that there's good Italian American cuisine. It's just that I haven't, and you know, I'm in this little city in the South. So, you know, if I went to LA tomorrow, I know everything's going to be delicious and there's probably going to be an Italian American, you know, or New York, you know, an Italian American restaurant. Yeah, Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. But in my experience here, it just didn't taste good. Uh And so now, and I'm, I don't know, I'm assuming it just wasn't cooked well. Like Mm -hmm. I'm just assuming it wasn't good because I'm sure that if you do um, an Italian American dish, it could taste delicious. I don't see why not. I just didn't and now I'm a vegetarian, so it's even more difficult. I added the layer of difficulty to all of this. But if I, you know, an eggplant parm, I I wouldn't order it. I remember eating it once and it was just not was good. It yeah. It wasn't. And so I'm trying to understand if it's just my my taste in the sense that, you know, I'd have some I I need someone, an Italian American person to say, no, no, this is good. Uh-huh. And so then I'll know, oh, I just don't like it, uh-huh. right? Versus that person didn't cook it well. I, mm-hmm. I'm still at that stage. I'm trying to figure this out, but uh, yeah. So how do you then relate some of this to Accento so that figuring out what is Italian, is it is it is it only from Italy that you are Italian or that one is or something is Italian or is there some kind of carryover so that you there are some cultural traits or something that still connects you to Italy in some way even generations later mm-hmm. what do you I think it's I think it's what you said, the second thing, it's like this connection to Italy. I'm not looking for authenticity. Like I did mention to you before, like my dad, he was African-American and my mom, she's a white Italian. And so I'm this mixed race kid. And, you know, to move to the U.S. and talk to Italian Americans and just to think, oh, this isn't authentic is hilarious to me. Like (laughs) no one would look at me and think immediately, oh, you're an Italian. right? (laughs) So, um, So... but they haven't the been to Italy and seen what the the population looks like either. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, although it's still difficult for Italians to really accept this as well, but but because the society is becoming so diverse in Italy that it's just it's just the way it is. I mean, there's you know we were still at the level where people just you know look at talk to me in Italian. We have these long conversations, and then they ask me, "So how do? Why is it they just speak Italian so good?" And it's like, well, <laughs> you know, because there's just no context, and so I guess they just have to to say it because they just it just um, it's still new. But I, for a change, I think that in the beginning, like I said. I was 
I was really, it was really all about authenticity until I looked at my, you know, I had to look at myself in the mirror and be like, okay, let's just have a um, serious conversation here. And so when I realized that food represents, or it's kind of like a window into someone's culture, um, that's when I just, just threw authenticity out of the window as, as a concept and started to think more about origins, which is way more interesting, I think, um, because authenticity is, um, it, it, you know, the way you, your grandmother cooks a lasagna, especially in Italy, it could be different from a way in your, another person cooks a lasagna. So what really, what, what's authentic, right? Because I guess you're, you're looking for flavor, something that's familiar to you. And it, it's, um, it's easier to think about origin. So when I, um, when I look for these stories, I, of, of food to, to, to show and to write on a cento, um, it's really just to see where does this dish stem from? Why is this a popular Italian dish in this country? And then kind of trace it back to the history and why, how it arrived. And so it just kind of like food just unleashes uh, several other things and aspects of the culture and it's just it's just the way it is it's kind of studying history and understanding why this Italian diaspora is this way and you know in this country versus this region in Italy like I was really fascinated by the fact that in Argentina there's a lot of cheese I think in like on pizza I think I read it somewhere and so um I think someone also said that if the more cheese the better so that's uh um and i think it had something to do with the fact that there was just a lot of cheese available when the italian immigrants arrived to argentina so um i just think that's interesting and um i've become what's helped me is understanding this has kind of freed me um and i don't feel attacked like i did in the beginning which is probably how every italian or a lot of Italians feel when they leave the country and they see something that's Italian or that's considered Italian and they just feel attacked immediately because it's just not like um, or doesn't taste like or look like the way the food was when they grew up in Italy. And it really, in reality, it doesn't take away from your experiences at all. And I think that's what um, this kind of um, when you feel um, you're kind of protective of this kind of situation you just feel like you have to either protect yourself or attack this other person because the food is not what you expected it to be this italian food and so in on a cento what i'm trying to do is just showcase um these these different dishes and talk about these different foods for what they are and just acknowledge it and 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 move on really yeah yeah well I want to thank you for talking to me today and uh, recommend that people check out Acento. You want to give us the address? Yes. So you could find uh, the website on uh, www.acento.world. That's where you could find the website. And uh, there's going to be a lot of new things um, that we're going to show on the website. There are going to be a lot of new writers that are going to help and also talk about food. So I hope you can go and check it out. Well, I'm really looking forward to 
keeping up with Agento and all of the different things that are there. And of course, what I hope is that food and looking at the food things just kind of opens the gateway for me to look at other things too, whether it's mm-hmm. design or uh, other other aspects, which to me, food is just my personal gateway, but um, everyone has their gateway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. So thanks so very much, Crystal. This has really been a great conversation and makes me it makes me think because I really hadn't thought until we had this conversation about how I'm applying these exact same concepts at different parts of the the timeline to what I think of as New Orleans food and how it is reinterpreted somewhere else. And it's it's the same thing. It's just, just, it's the same thing, but it's different, but it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. I'm glad we talked about it because it's going to make me open my eyes to that. (laughs) Great. So thanks for having me. Yeah, it was really a pleasure. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening to Tip of the Tongue, a part of the Nitty Grits Network of the Southern Food and Beverage Museum. Subscribe to this and other food and drink related podcasts at southernfood.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you want to keep up with me, Liz Williams, you can subscribe to my Substack newsletter, also called Tip of the Tongue, for more information about this podcast, recipes, and just what is going on. I'm Liz Williams. Thanks for listening.